Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The disappointment you also feel is my responsibility. I lost my temper. What is the nature of your thoughts? The word was F-A-R-T. We're about to get started, but Jesse's just slowly getting undressed. Uh, if you want, if you enjoy the sound of Jesse getting undressed, then you're in for a real treat. Uh, hold on a second. Let me lower the microphone. All right. There we go. Naked as the day you I was come born. Ready to record. Great. Yay. So we we always record naked because the sound of clothes can be really off-putting for listeners. So uh, we hate that rustling, no jewelry, nothing. Just 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 the skin we were born in, roughly. Exactly. Reese taught me this. It's a Welsh tradition. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Proud, exactly. proud nudists, so, the Welsh. Welcome to Canadian Politics is Boring. My name is Reese Waters. I am uh, an I- immigrant with a thirst for knowledge about weird stuff in Canadian politics. And with me is Jesse, my co-host, 
who is a Canadian who does not give a shit about anything um, apart from, I don't know, maple syrup and coffee. Oh, that's so good, though, man. Have you tried it yet? It's I so do, good. I do. I, 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 I do like it. I did try it after you did it, and I hated myself for going. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse, I've got a speak pipe for you. Ooh, for, me, for moi? For you, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And I actually know the person who left oh. it, so I'm going to leave. Oh, here we go. It's not nearly as fun when you know them. Hey, this is Vicky. You know me. Yay. And I'd like to go on a date with Jessica. I have some questions because I'm a picky bitch. Okay? So, one thing is he's not allowed to be smarter than me. That annoys me. Secondly, I need to know how old he is so I'm not dating like some sort of weird daddy figure because that would be gross. Thirdly, he's got to be a feminist because I don't have time for this misogynist shit. Uh, lastly, if he's cute, that would be excellent. Although I'm not holding my breath. Uh, anyway, I would like to take you for a caffeinated beverage of your choice where I can talk your ear off and maybe make you a little less dumb than you currently are. So if you guys have my email, you should like email it. Cause then you, you, you can't do any better and you certainly can't do any worse. So um, yeah, that's all I had to say. And I look forward to hearing from you Provided you are not Pro- a dick. <laughs> provided I'm not a dick. Vicky, do you listen to the show? That's, uh, no, that's that's Vicky. I know Vicky. She's an activist locally, um, and uh, she's got an awesome sense of humor. Well, thank you, Vicky, for that. I, I, you know what? I've I've got some some great and some weird responses to. I think this is all your idea, getting me a dating, getting me a date on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm I taking think, down I think my you, profile. She, she's under. Yeah, she's underestimating how old you are as well. I think. I think you how would old be some and how kind of gross daddy yeah. figure. So, how old, how yeah, ugly, yeah. how dumb, <laughs> and how misogynistic I am. Apparently, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. You, would, you would hate going out with me, Vicky. I'm an old dumb fucker. I did say <laughs> old dumb hate sexist fucker. Sexist fucker. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. That's go. it. I couldn't find the words because I'm so dumb. There we go. <laughs> go. That's why I'm here. I fill in the blanks so you could oh, function. God. Um. Yeah. Thank uh, you, so yeah, thanks, for thanks for that, Vicky. That was, that was that was one of my favorite ones. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, uh, uh, have you got? Uh, I, I know you always ask me about the bear, and I go, "The bear's gone." Well, the bear was back last night with a vengeance. Ooh. The bear. Well, and now the bear a hurricane's be, on the way. So yeah, tra- the bear and the hur- it's going to be bear versus hurricane this weekend. Guess who's going to win? So you know, like shark. <laughs> you know, Sharknado. This is bear hurricane at my house tonight because <laughs> we got because Fiona. As we're recording this, Hurricane Fiona will be here in about eight hours, and the bear's back. So <laughs> I want to really make to be a low budget movie. Canadian film version. Bear hurricane. Bear hurricane. We have to make bear hurricane. Bear hurricane. Bear hurricane. Bear hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so Fiona, Hurricane Fiona is hours away. Very, as we rec- <laughs> hundreds of terrified bears, hungry, terrified bears swirling around in the air around your house. <laughs> 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 Reaching out with uh, the, follow, the long bear claws. Oh, God. 
Someone please. Only if we could follow up. Only if we follow up with a sequel, Pierre Polyev on a plane. Pierre Polyev on a plane? How about a, how about like uh, snakes, plane on, snakes on a plane? Right. Get this. Mo- there is motherfucking Polyev on this motherfucking plane. Wow. <laughs> oh, you swore, swore before. That's is that your annual Actually, we had a one, we, allotment? We just I got out my system. We had um uh, we we had a uh, a one star review for too much profanity. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> They're not listening anymore. Anyway. It's not like they leave a one-star review and then keep listening. <laughs> well, maybe they come back to see if we cleaned up our act after the one-star review. Well, I've got news for oh, you, yeah. you can't. We're not going to. <laughs> this is great. This is like a treat for me. God. I'm after, I'm at, this is my first time ever, I might have to beat myself. Anyway. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I used to do lots of TV work for the BBC, they used to ask us to beep things. Um, oh, and I always beep. thought it sounded. I heard worse you say beat. When you, yeah, I didn't know. You, no, no, I thought you um, said beat. B e a t. Like I thought there was some kind of Welsh thing. Like if you know, little Timmy no, swore, no, you, get out the paddle. No, no, you, you know you beep. Whenever the BBC used to ask us to beep things, I used to think they probably imagined it was the worst word rather than something in the middle. Um, so I don't. I've never minded beeping bad language because I think it, it leaves it open to the imagination what you said. So anyway, should we, should we talk about content? We're like seven minutes in and we haven't. Yeah. It's, I mean, that was so, our STD zone. So that was right, the STD zone. Barricade. Barricade. Yeah. Barricade. The Canadian version of. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're laughing too much at our own joke. Anyway, um, this ep- this episode is called the Pacifist Assassination, and it's his. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about cr- Hurricane Fiona, which we're like, you know, just about to get. By the way, this is. If you haven't guessed, we don't do these live and then dump them out three minutes after recording. No, no. <laughs> I, we're recording this and then I'm going to jump in the car, go home, put all the kayaks and kids' toys away uh, in a shed. Before you have a trampoline? Get rid of that trampoline, they, man. They don't. They don't have a trampoline. Um, we refuse to get you. one. Jesus. They will, they, will, they will be multiple like broken bones if we had a trampoline. It's a bad idea. Well, yeah, but then you get to teach them about the healthcare system in Canada. <laughs> Win the hard way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd rather. <laughs> That's fine. We just just stick. We just stick to a hoop of fire. Just nice. <laughs> okay, that surprised me. I don't know where. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, la- last week we last week last week we did the the war on pineapple in Canada, and that was a modern one. So Jesse, I'm going back in time to a nice historical topic. So, um. There haven't been that many political assassinations in Canada, but I'm surprised. Think, honestly, I'm not that surprised. We're kind of polite. Yeah, right. I think one, I found one guy most... like kill his mother and then take a truck, a pickup truck with some. What was it like? Uh, bottles guns. of was it guns? Oh, I thought it was. Um, what is it? Bottles and of Molotov cocktails. Molotov cocktails. Yeah, driving yeah. to the 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 fucking Trudeau. What's it Trude- yeah, what is his house? Rideau, Rideau Hall. I was going. I nearly called it Trudeau Hall. But it's Rideau Hall. And, uh, and then it was just called. crashed into a lamppost or something and they took him down or something? I don't know. But that was like know. attempt number, what, three? So I think yeah. you're mashing two together there, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. No, but this yeah. is a successful assassination attempts. Like, oh. I think I think I think I found the is most it, dramatic. Okay. So this is, so, is okay. Actually, so I asked, it was I never solved. asked for this. It wasn't solved. This kind of sounds like a dark and dreary, but really fascinating episode that I kind of asked for because several times in the past I have mentioned how um 
I was like kind of surprised we haven't had assassination attempts in Canada. Like, you know, it's like kind of surprised, but maybe I just haven't heard of them because that's, you know, kind of my MO. I don't listen Cy to shit. Cyanide <laughs> in a double-double, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Anyway, do you want me to, so, so this one's really dramatic as well. And also it's, it's classed as an unsolved crime still. Okay. Just to add extra layer of intrigue. So. All right. I'm down. It Let's was, it. it was, it was a, a, a still night, October the 28th, 1924. And uh, it was 1 a.m. in the morning and in, in, on the Kettle Valley Railway in British Columbia. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. You're, you're telling this way too well. This is like story time where I feel like I'm going to be under a blanket with sipping a hot cocoa and you're be sitting in a rocking and you're chair. And you're, inter you're interrupting it. You're interrupting no, no, no. But I'm just saying so like this. I feel like you until you, you piped in. Well, <laughs> little Jesse, shut the fuck up. It's story time. Yeah, yeah. I just well, feel like straight to bed and we will never finish this story. <laughs> this is what it's like every weekend. Ian Reese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just show up shut up. at his house. Shut up or you, or you will not get to enjoy the entire narrative. <laughs> I just I was just gonna say maybe this would be good to add some sound effects or music or both. You You're really good at that. it. Just create more work. Okay, fine. Um <clears throat> so anyway, it and the Cattle Valley Railway was known locally. Wait, can you start Columbia. over? We, we, you gotta start over so no, you can I'm not I'm not starting music. over. I'm <laughs> not start, I probably will have to start over because everyone's forgotten what I said. I forgot um, already. Just say I'm so what one AM, October the twenty eighth, nineteen eighty four, and nineteen twenty four, a train traveling in the Cattle Valley Railway in BC, known locally as the Columbia and Western Railway suddenly exploded into a giant fireball while it Jesus. was uh, trundling, trundling to the mountains. Um, nine people were killed in the explosion, including the presumed assassination target, uh, a man named Peter Vereguin, who was uh, a, the spiritual leader of the Dockerbor people. The Dockerbor? Yes. I, I think I'm pronouncing that, that wrong. Um, the way I pronounce it, rather than sounding like a... Uh, the kind of ethnic group of people that they are is it's i'm probably massacring it so i'm sorry but um so so it i'll explain a little bit about why he was assassinated because obviously right. it's it's pro pro i guess you've never heard of this story it's quite a dramatic way to go when did this happen again 1924 okay but nine people nine people killed bc in bc okay yeah, in the, BC, in the mountains, fire so. explosion in the mountains on a train I really so, wish so, you, you would have painted a picture because that could have been like, just picture like, you know, you're on the train, you're going, you're going down from the, the passenger car to get to the, you want to have a beer because there's a little, a little tap room sidecar, not a sidecar, but you know what I mean? One of those beer, beer cars. I mean, the, dinner, in there. the, the dining carriage. The, well, no, past the dining carriage is the drinking carriage, right? There's a little, little bar with a bartender and some places to sit and, and get fucking hammered. And you go up there and you, you order like a, a whiskey or a whiskey sour, if you're a wuss, and, uh, and you're just kind of sipping and you're, you're talking to the bartender and asking what the latest sports thing news score is. And the bartender's like, I don't know. It's 1924. We don't have that technology yet. We're on a train. And you're like, right. And then suddenly you hear a kaboom behind you. And you're like, what the fuck was that? And the train is derailed, obviously, and you're flown through the car, but making sure to hold on to your whiskey sourness to not to spill it. And then you, you get up. And uh, you've got a little bruise on your head, and uh, the bartender is dead. And um, anyway, that's uh, see, that's my contribution. That's how you tell a story, Reese. Just saying. That's how you paint a picture none, and tell a story. That, build an atmosphere. Well, so you just inserting your own narrative into a historical event. 
That's what we do here, man. Spiritual leader. So yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> exactly. So so Peter wasn't always uh, a uh, successful assassination target. Before that, he had a bit of a backstory. So hold on, he a was, successful assassination target. Oh, he was the target, not the. He was the target. Oh. He was the one. Who, he was the one killed, and like nine other people who just so happened to be sitting next to him on the train. Okay. So he was born in the in eighteen fifty nine in the Russian Empire, and it's the area that is roughly Azerbaijan today. Um, and it, he, the eighteen fifty nine—that's when the pig war happened. Yeah, it's a lot happened that year. Big year for pigs <laughs> and for the Russian Empire. If you're so, interested um, about the pig war? We have a whole episode on it. Go check it out. So the the Dokobors are a large sect of peasants who lived communally at the time, and they they kind of lived quite strict um uh kind of lifestyles where they were pacifists they they believed in kind of like a simple life and working hard and those kind of things so it was kind, kind of like, like a mennonites yeah i guess so i guess so so he was one of seven brothers uh and he was only uh one of uh, him and only one other brother were homeschooled so that he could read and write there were because there were no formal schools you were just kind of taught at home um and he kind of grew up in this in this community um, and he eventually kind of rose up to the ranks within the community uh, to become like an administrative assistant and then eventually led um, in 1886. He was so prominent in the community that um, he uh, became the leader. Did you say in 1886? 1886, yeah. So he became a leader. year after he was born. No, no, wait, that's 1859 was he was born. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Sorry. Yes. So he was like 20, 27? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 27. So he's 27. But during the time when he became leader, the sect had kind of broken into two, um, and he represented the larger part of the sect, but the smaller part had all the connections with the Russian Empire. So what happened was... Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, hold on. I thought this was an organization of peace and simple living. Where did this fucking yeah, they, connection they, they with the Russian Empire come in? <laughs> well, because they lived in the Russian Empire. Oh, so he, this was even in Canada. Silly no, 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 this 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 will get to Canada. I said the Russian Empire. This is all happening in 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 Russia at this stage. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what are you apologizing anyway. to them for? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's on on your behalf, anyway. Yeah, no, so, that's what I'm thinking. I thought you were apologizing <laughs> to them for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what <laughs> yeah. I was doing. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> so anyway, um, also, can you say, ladies and gentlemen, anymore? Because the spectrum is where you either. Sorry, everyone. Anyway, uh, while the large well, part... You know what, it's, it's interesting, actually, on a side note, um, because there are, just a side note, talking about um, gender, uh, I, I have several non-binary friends, and it's interesting because there are words such as ladies, gentlemen, that infer certain genders. Um, yeah. And I asked, I'm like, what are the... Like, if I, if I didn't want to direct, like, use a pronoun like she, uh, she or he or they, but I wanted to use a word like ladies or gentlemen or sir or whatever. Uh, wh what are some terms for non-binary? And one of my, my friends said, call me comrade. I'm like, that's okay. awesome. <laughs> there you go, comrades. I love that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, Ladies, gentlemen, uh, and comrades. Yeah. And we're talking about Russia, so it's perfect. There you go. Uh, sorry, comrades. Anyway, um, he became known as uh, this, a single name, so he wasn't called Peter. Everyone called him Lordly. And apparently, even though he uh, lived like a peasant, uh, he was treated almost like a set, like a like a 
like a demigod. They, they thought he was almost like a god in flesh. Um, why? I don't know. He must have been good at what he did. And he, the, what the did motto, he do? Just, he, just, he was like a spiritual leader. And the, the motto for the community was toil and peaceful life. That was their motto. I mean, that's a good motto. I like that. It's the like, same, motto, same motto as Manitoba. Is it really? No. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Welcome to Manitoba. Toil and peaceful life. <laughs> Manitoba, get on this, man. Yeah, no, exactly. You, <laughs> you need know what you have to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And and because he was almost like a like a, a god on earth, he was accompanied by a choir of young women who would sing his praises as he traveled. Fuck right off. Are you serious? So, like yeah. just following him and singing behind him about his yeah, just singing yeah, just just I imagine doing some kind of uh, rap as he walked around. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. It's just a to wrap something for us. Like, just, just, uh, I didn't have to. Just, just go for it. Strutting down, this, all that clicking their fingers in unison, like dancing, doing a coordinated dance around him. What an entrance. <laughs> he invented the musical. <laughs> this is the prequel to 8 Mile. Exactly. So, um... Uh, so because because the smaller sect of that group was friends with the government and he was the leader of the bigger sect and because he was very influential and they didn't like him, he was arrested and kept for 16 years in government custody Jesus. Um, and, and was what? kind of seen as like a, because the smaller group wanted to be in charge of the community and they needed to get rid of him. So he so was they just he arrested, was arrested him for and, no reason. Yeah, they just like said, oh, no, he's he's pretending. So so they and this is in Russia. Like more, this is in Russia at the time still, yeah. Jesus, so they man. Mourn. Do these guys ever stop being fucking crazy? Like, seriously. <laughs> it's just like, the his, it's not the history of them doing bad stuff. A lot of countries no, no, have, it's, a lot it's, of countries have a history of doing bad stuff. Russia has a history of being fucking insane. It's fun. It's, like, yeah, when it's not it's, horrifying, it's, you know. Yeah, but like, you go, you go to like a Russian, you go to a Russian town, it's full of like, perfectly normal, nice people. It's just they've got a history of having very, uh, very. Insane uh, leaders? 
Yeah. Insane leaders, yeah, yeah. And kind of leaders who get away with stuff for a long time and stuff. So anyway, it was you know, the, just um, as a side just as a side note, because uh, you're right, I don't want to insult all of all of Russia and Russians, but like oh yeah, it's not, it's not it just it's not Henry yeah, you yeah, ever yeah. watch Henry Collins? I know you mean to, you ever listen to Henry Collins or go to like watch Henry Collins no. live show? He's he's amazing. No. I believe it was him because he would go traveling all around the world and people would be like, oh, don't go to that country. It's so dangerous. Whatever you do, don't go to that country. He's like, fuck it. And he'd go to these countries and just walk the streets and meet people. And I, I completely, I very much could be misquoting him. This could be coming from somebody else, but it just sounds like something he said, which is that like people all over the world are kind of really the same and they just want peace and love and good food and shelter and, you know, just to, just to live well. And they're like, yeah, man, we kind of all want the same thing. I, 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 you know, I love my, my people, I love my country, but my, my government's kind of fucking insane right now. And, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, me too. So it's not like this country's bad versus this country's good. It's like this country's politicians are fucking insane, but the people are still people, you know? And I'm like, I kind of yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, it's like when people say don't use TikTok is giving all your information to the Chinese government. I'm like, yeah, but all the other ones are giving your information to other governments. <laughs> what, what, how, how do you decide which one is you'd rather give all your information to versus another one? Um, I just do don't you know use I mean? TikTok. Like, honestly, that's just that's how I decide. I'm no, not no, on social media. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know, when people go, "Oh my God, they're stealing all your information," I'm like, yeah, like everything else that you're using on your phone, including your phone, is also stealing all of your information all the time. Anyway, and people they sell that information to anyone. It's not just governments. No, <laughs> yeah, like we, we, I mean, we we like, talked about that before. I think we had an episode on it. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We, I think we we brought stealing on your TikToks. So, yeah. <laughs> so so they so he was seen as like an imprisoned leader. They like they they'd locked in their god up kind of thing, and he'd stayed in in, in communication with them. And the, one of the things the Russian government didn't like about this sect was that they refused to fight in any of the wars um, or be part of any of the wars. And um, this this flared this flared up because they and Russia has obviously just um, mobilized like three hundred thousand people, and some people are leaving. And this was a similar situation where they started to openly. Um, stand by the commandment of thou shall not kill and refuse military service. They'd lay their arms down. Um, and in one, one uh, big moment um, in, 19, in 1895, they all burnt their arms, like they burnt all of their guns as like a big symbol, uh, symbolic moment in oh, three not their Oh, like, not their physical arms. They didn't take like cigarette butts and put them out on their forearms. No, guns, like Jesse, this. guns. Okay. Yeah. Oh. They just, let's burn our arms off. Now who's laughing? <laughs> Oh, I guess you got us this time. <laughs> we can't go to war now. No arms. Yeah. yeah. No, right. you can just, no, we'll still use. You can just run around kicking people. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> oh, no. Here come the armless brigade. <laughs> Although, to be fair, uh, I, there's, I always get amazed by people who can like shoot bows and paint who just ha use their feet and people learn to use their feet because they've lost a limb or limbs. It blows my mind what people can actually do. And I oh, see it's people amazing with much people better do. handwriting than me right, writing with their feet. It's amazing. <laughs> so anyway, but this wasn't that. This wasn't that. Okay. <laughs> so, right. Um, yes. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. So what happened was eventually a, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff happened, but what happened was eventually they, because they were, they, the Russia agreed that maybe they would let, rather than constantly battling with this sect to make them like, you know, do what they want and everything. They said, 
why don't you leave and, and resettle your entire sect somewhere else where you're not part of our empire and you can we'll leave you alone so they decided the best place to go was oh, canada fucking a so, um, so between 1895 and 1899 seven and a half thousand uh duke came from that's the um, name of the the group is the duke the sect Dukabors from the Dukabors. set. Yes, um, came to Canada. Okay, so let me um, just hold on. Let me just get this. They'd already been. They, they'd already moved around to different parts of Russia. They were kind of constantly being shifted. So I just want to, I just want to kind of do a, a sum up here of. So this is a, a like a peaceful community, yeah. um, which broke off. A smaller sect went kind of more political leaning and the larger sect was like we're not fighting in any wars we just want to live simply we want to work hard and be peaceful yeah toil toil hard and be peaceful and the government's like fuck you you have to kill people for us because we're out of our goddamn minds and we're like and they were like no we want to just work hard and be peaceful and the government's like get the fuck out and they're like okay we'll go to canada and be peaceful with our god which is the weird twist like the leader of this sect of people who just want to work hard and be peaceful also has like their leader is revered as some spiritual fucking superhuman. So that's yeah. a little weird. Okay. And then they moved to Canada. Am I, am I up to yes, point? They, they did. To they moved to Canada. So okay. Clifford Sifton, who was the minister of interior of Canada at the time was determined to kind of bring more white European people across to Canada. And we covered this with the Ukrainian episode. Right. So he was, he was open and, but, so they became known as they became called uh, the the sect became nicknamed uh, Clifford Sifton's pets um, because um, everyone Clifford, believed Clifford that they, Sifton wasn't the the leader of Cl- the sect though was he No no Clifford Sifton was the minister of the interior so and he was um, the one that that told them to fucking leave No no, Cl- no. He, he was he was the one who welcomed them to Canada Oh uh, okay gotcha so he he worked for the Canadian government the the Russians were like hey we want to get rid of you he was like come to Canada and they did. And, and and they were called his pets because apparently he they were, he people perceived them to be uh, treated quite generously by him. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, hey. Just a just a quick side note that like it seems that we as Canada has we have a history of doing that. Like when people are in trouble, we're like, hey, just come here, and they do, and people freak out. Like some Canadians freak out, like what are you doing, bringing people in, and then the rest of the world are like, what the fuck are you doing, bringing foreign people? But like it's always kind of worked out, and everyone. You know, we just kind of have a happy, peaceful life here filled with like multicultural, like a wide range of people from all over the world. I don't see how it's a bad thing. Bringing, you know, like helping people. Until I I turned up. Yeah. Well, that's, I didn't want to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I I don't know if it was you who said this. Someone said this, but like, you know, very rarely are, is Canada attacked by another country because like everybody's cousins are here. Yeah, like exactly. really though, like everybody's relatives are here from a large variety of places. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a melting pot of, like, of everyone in Canada, yeah. of everyone in the world. And it's, and I think that yeah, it's definitely a strength because there's connections to every community you can imagine is which is good. But so um, so the just, the sect, just before we continue, what were the names of the people? The, the Clifton was the guy that welcomed them in. Clifton was the, the Canadian, um, and Peter or Lordly, as he rebranded himself, was the leader of the sect. Lordly, Lordly is what he would like it to be called. Lordly, Lordly and Clifton. All right, Lord. I feel like so, a, so a buddy comedy coming on here. So, Lordly, eventually, three years after his people arrived, he was allowed to leave and join his people in Canada. Oh, because he was in prison, right? 
Yes. Yeah. 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 For so no reason. Um, <laughs> right. So he was, uh, and they settled in present-day Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. Um, cool. And and they, Hold on, they the, settled in present day Saskatchewan. They yes, had a at the time, time machine. That's no, no, impressive. Was, wow, this no, guy is godly. The area that would eventually become known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do you want to go? Saskatchewan, twenty twenty two. That's where all the magic's happening. So, uh, so. <laughs> so, so, but before before Lordly arrived, <laughs> it's just that it would be something that Lordly would say, wouldn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it's heaven on earth, Saskatchewan, twenty twenty two. Um. So uh, before before he joined his people, they named their village the Victims. But when he arrived, or roughly the rough translation is the Victims or the Survivors. But when he arrived, they renamed the village to the Place of Rejoicing, which is nice. That's much um, nicer. That's that's yeah yeah. But the land the land that they took over was quite big. So they had tens of thousands of acres of land spread over three different Canadian provinces, which they eventually started to occupy. Um, and and he beca- he became they they actually started they were really they worked really hard, and they became quite wealthy and quite influential and was starting to like make the headlines in Canada quite quickly because, um, they suddenly their presence had suddenly appeared there and again one of the reasons the way the sect operated was they kept separate from everybody else so even though they had quite a large, uh, uh group of land and they were centrally com- controlled by someone who they believed was their god um or at least their god on earth it meant that it was, became a bit of a problem for some of the local communities uh, in the way they perceived that community much like what happened in russia as well in the first place so like other surrounding communities not liking the fact that other people believe in something other than what they believe in but also that i guess they were keeping them some sap separate but also they were really successful on the land so I think people are envious of how successful they would be they were because they just believed in hard work and a simple life and everything. So So to confirm, the surrounding area of communities didn't like this sect. What was the name of the sect again? The the, the victory the, the Dukabors. The Dukabors? The Dukabors, but Dukabors. Yeah. But they called themselves something else. The oh no, the, the town was called the the place of rejoicing. Oh, the town of, the was main, called the, the place the main of rejoicing. Town. For the Duke yeah. of Wars. And so the surrounding communities were jealous of their ability to farm, and they didn't like the fact that they worshipped a man as a god. Is that where... Yeah, well, so okay. so, so what, happened, what happened was, because they had cheap internal labor, because it was a commune, it meant they, they could buy supplies in bulk from outside the re- region cheaply and sell stuff. It meant way cheaper than other farmers in the area. So it meant that people were like, because they, they were living this life of working as an in, as one big sect, it, it just disrupted the economies in a way that affected the smaller oh, that's uh, kind of uh, family run. I love, love, love stories of people stomping their feet because of competition. No, it's not fair they're better than me like that's like uber you know uber comes no, in and also, disrupts also, all the taxi companies and the taxi companies are like yeah. Wah. You know? <laughs> well but uh, i mean all of our taxi listeners sorry <laughs> yeah but also i mean uber isn't good in some ways though because it does oh no they're um, not good but it's still like you know things change adapt or oh, die things do change right that's kind but, of but, how but, like but, you can't expect things to stay but, the same forever like horse and buggies <laughs> 
Yeah, they also kind of ignored the law and like um and kind of like new regulations and laws that were coming in. They just reject them. Um, so no, no, no. But like, uh, just okay. I, I mean, I'm not saying um, embrace Uber because Uber is great. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying when competition comes in, compete back. Don't just stomp your feet yeah, yeah. and, and no, no, go exactly. tell mommy like, wow, they're, find, they're not, find, it's not fair. They're competing better than us. Like that's, that yeah, never, just, it never works. It never works. Just, <laughs> just, just crown farmer Bob, your, your God in flesh and go from there. Here in Halifax, we weren't, we didn't allow Uber in for like two, three years because all the taxi companies did not want competition. They, that's just, that's what it was. They didn't want a better service coming in, doing it cheaper and, and better. Okay. And Uber has some neat stuff. At least they did several years ago. I don't know if they still do it, but like in Toronto, you could have like, they'd have snacks for you in the fucking back, some water, bottled water. You could connect your fucking Spotify on your phone to the car so that you're playing Daft Punk in your apartment, waiting for the car to show up. And it's connected through your account so that when you get in the car, it stops playing on your phone and starts playing in the car regardless of what like the driver doesn't even have to do anything shit like this and so of course that's amazing now is uber evil yes most corporations are i'm just saying the taxi companies here what they did is they to compete like, <laughs> they must have had like a 10 minute meeting like what are these what are the what are the audience what does our our, our our customers want obviously they want an app so they hired like some piss poor programmer and they made the shittiest fucking app imaginable thinking this will solve all their problems right it was so hard to use nobody knew it existed and they're like well i don't understand why people aren't using it anymore uber's still fighting to get in and then uber came in and everyone's like uber yay anyway i'm just saying uber's evil but competition happens don't just stamp your feet and yell to mommy that never fucking works fine just anyway sorry yeah, so so this new app was really disrupting <laughs> the Saskatchewan in the early twentieth century, um, and so, but also as well, the Dukabors were. Um, they Did not have anything to uh, say about my Uber rant. Just like, okay, Jesse's done talking. I, do, I don't know. I, do, I, to- I don't use taxis, so <laughs> no. I used last time I used last time I used an Uber was when I was in Canada and um, before just before I moved to Canada and we dropped off our car, a rental car to jump on a plane as a family to move to Canada. And in, in, I don't know if you can do it here or in Toronto, but in the UK, you can order like a normal car or you can order like a premium or a super luxury oh, yeah. car. You can do that. So I ordered a premium and With then this uh, really nice Mercedes Benz turned up. And I was like, well, I gotta, if I'm going to get my last Uber in the UK for a long time, let's do it in style. So me and my eldest son rode back in a, in a really nice Mercedes back to the hotel before we got on our plane. So there we I, go. That's I my once. contribution. No, that's great. That's a good contribution. Uh, it just reminded me of, Thank a quick, you. of a story. I was in I was in Calgary and I was asked to photograph my friend's wedding uh, out in I think it was Banff or someplace like that, and uh, they didn't arrange a ride for me. And uh, I was like, the last day, I'm like, okay, am I going with someone? Is there a carpool? And they're like, what? Well, I thought you were just gonna get here yourself. I'm like, fuck. And I was like, I looked up cab companies. There were no cabs that would drive out there, just for whatever reason. And the only way. <laughs> only way i could get out there was by renting a limousine and so, and so i'm like fuck it so i rented a limousine and i drove in the backseat of limousine by myself drinking whiskey and i 
gave the guy, I was like, is this a, is this a, I was smoking back then. And I asked the driver, like, is this a smoking limousine? He's like, no. And I handed him 20 bucks. I'm like, how about now? He's like, yeah, go for it. So, <laughs> so I was just smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey in the back of the limo, driving to the locale where I had to shoot a wedding. To somebody else's wedding. To somebody else's wedding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so also the Dukabors were also, um, they had a bit of bias against them from the local government too. So, um, there were restrictions on their right to vote. They, the way they got married within their communities wasn't recognized legally. And they kept trying to get their kids to go to state schools rather than like stay with the internal education that they did. And then world war one broke out as well. Oh, so Jesus. Uh, right. a lot of people were trying, they were drafting a lot of young men and they were exempt from going, which caused even more. Issues why were they, why were like, they hey, I'm not not that I'm for the draft. I'm just curious. Why were they, they were they were they were pacifists. So the government uh recognized that and said that they didn't have to send any of the young men when you know all the Hold other on, is that a thing back then? Did. Like if you were if the draft was coming your way, all you had to do was just say, I'm a pacifist and like no, no, not necessarily. Not, lots of pacifists were still drafted, but this was like a religious thing, an exemptment. Interesting. So, so although they'd arrived in Canada and they'd been welcomed, there was like a things bubbling around. There are lots of potential, and also there was a lot of internal um, rivalry because obviously that the sect had already split in two back in Russia, and there was a lot of people vying for power within the sect too. Uh, wanted to bring Lord Lee down. So right, so Why? when he boarded the trip, Lord Lee was in Canada. Was Who really cares powerful. anymore, man? Leave him alone. <laughs> no, but but even with his own, even in Canada within that community, like he was. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were saying people. that the the sects over in Russia were trying to take him down in Canada. No, no, no. This was this was within his own internal internal community too. So, okay, I guess so you know. Can we just? Can we? I know you wanted to do a, a a tight a tight episode, but this is too too good. There's too many juicy bits that I'm just not getting enough information from that are really curious. Like, what is this lordly man doing wrong that everyone fucking hates him? I didn't. I don't know. Wait, you stop. Like, they just. They just. I think it's just they were out an outsider community. They did things differently, and um, that's what everybody on the outside was, of the community hated him, I guess. But why inside? I I, I don't know because it was quite secretive. So um, he. At the age of 64, he boarded the, the Canadian Pacific Railway train um, in, in brilliant BC. It's not me saying BC is brilliant. That's the name of the town. Um, it, it's pretty that's, good. That is a pretty and, cool name, I got to say. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty good province. Pretty fucking smart people there. So he was 64. He was accompanied by his current favorite young woman, a 20, 20 year old Mary, her name was. Um, okay. And also, and also, on the train was the local elected MLA for Grand Forks, John McKee, and also other passengers, including. So it was a mixture of local politicians and also um, people from his sect who were in his inner circle. Um, and that the train left uh, and was between Castle Gar and Grand Forks, and basically the the explosion was centered under his seat. Wow! And it blew away the roof and and sides of the car coach. Um, and there were 21 people in the car. So um, they were all but two were killed or injured. And obviously, as I said earlier, like nine were um, were, were, were killed in uh, in the accident. And a few of them were, there were actually two blown people. Completely. There were two people in that car that, that didn't die and weren't Walk. even injured? No. <laughs> Jesus, so. can you imagine being those people? Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Peter's body was found with one leg gone entirely. And he was, his body was 15 meters away from the car. So he got completely blown out of it. Um, Jesus. And 
uh, the initial investigation said the crime was perpetrated by people within his community, but the community suspected the Canadian government was involved or one of the many other people who were um, kind of hostile to the um, to, to it all. So, um, because he, I, kind I really of built, want to know more about this guy. Like, I don't I know. understand why anyone did. Like, what the? F- I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. Like, what did I've he got, do? I've got, so the, li- <laughs> the, the, the list, and I guess more interesting is so the list of. Um, the list of potential suspects include a splinter group from his sect, the federal government, the Ku Klux Klan, which wow. I have no idea how they were involved, and his own son, Peter II, who wanted to be the new leader. Then you don't um, have any information on this guy at all. Like, we don't I'm know sure why anybody wanted I do, I do, to do this to him. I, I didn't look at it for this episode. I'm sure it's out there. If other people want to learn more or you want to, find a book, read it. <laughs> So, um, Thank you. <laughs> so despite a $2,000 reward, no charges were ever laid and the, the crime was never solved. Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, and there was even one theory that it was an accident um, because uh, it was something to do with a leaky gas line and a miner forgetting some dynamite uh, on the train. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it clearly was right under his seat. Um, yeah, seriously. It's, it's too many. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. Wow. That's amazing. Did you, did that you was, like that yeah, story? I really, I really like that story. Anything to do with dynamite and blowing up a train. Come on now. Give me more of those stories. It was great. That was a good time. Like a month of train explosions. Yeah. Like Can- Canadian, top, Canadian Canada's trains top, are. Canada's top 10 train explosions in at number one. Seven <laughs> people died. Number two, 13 people died. Are you happy, I mean, Jesse? Number three. Just statistics, come well, on. <laughs> You're a master storyteller. Fucking how hell. many people died in all these train crashes? Jesse's, <laughs> Jesse's nurse in a semi. Yes! <laughs> well, can you, can you tell a quick ghost story of him after he died? Just like a 30-second uh, yeah, okay. ghost story with music uh, in it. Every once in a while. No, I'm not going to do music. I'll just do it quickly. It's going to be it's gonna be a very impactful one. Oh, every come on. While, add a little, just right, add a little music for us. Have, okay, okay. Children, next time you're riding a train through the mountains of British Columbia, take a look out the window. In a dense fog, sometimes you might see him, Lord Lee. That's right, Lord Lee. Legless Lord Lee. Legless Lordly. Legless Lordly can be seen crawling along the tracks looking for his leg. <laughs> so next time you're riding the train through the mountains of BC, do it through thick through thick through thick fog, be sure to peer out the window and look down, because maybe Lordly's looking up at you, eyeing up your legs. <coughs> How was that? That was great. It's on the spot. Well done, sir. Well done. There we go. Legless okay. Lordly. <laughs> thank you dear anyway. listener for for listening and sticking us in your ear holes uh call to action is send us a ghost story send us a true go- if you have a true ghost story send it to us send it to us on a speakpipe.com slash canadian politics is boring or email us at canadian politics is boring at gmail.com or just on twitter or instagram and uh, we'll read it on the air up until halloween god knows and, what happens and, and, on halloween and if the barricade has killed me, then um, this is the last episode you'll ever hear with me um, because we're recording this just before the hurricane hits. That's right. If not, then I'll be back next week too. And uh, yeah, okay, that's it. That's, uh, let's, ho- let's, hope the- let's hope Reese versus the barricade. Let's see who wins. I mean, we'll Yay. know by the time this comes out. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> this might be the last episode ever. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>